Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Gone Learning Back in 10, Healthcare Highwire's 10-minute study tool. Hello, and welcome to Healthcare Highwire. I am Michelle Kramer, Director of Health and Wellness Programming and Post-Acute Specialist with LCS Health Services Division. Joining me today is Tony Barger, Senior Vice President of Quality Assurance and Compliance from HealthPro Heritage. We will be discussing ADRs and audit preparation. Are we ready? Welcome, Tony. Hey, thank you, Michelle. Happy to be here. So, Tony, why is it so important to talk about audit activity right now? Such a great question, Michelle. Historically, we know that CMS, really it's Medicare administrative contractors and managed care payer plans. They've really conducted a lot of robust record requests and audits to recoup overpayments and denied services that really aren't supporting our documentation. And that, as we know, these audits were temporarily suspended during the public health emergency, but CMS back in August told us that they were resuming. Wow. So are these audits limited to just services under traditional Medicare Part A? Um, This activity really is not limited to just Medicare Part A. We're already seeing this activity happen for services that are covered under Medicare Part B and managed care policies. And that's been in a variety of ways, whether it's traditional record review requests, it's rack audit activity, or even if it's targeted pre and post payment review. Wow. So thinking about PDPM, what would you say are the top five areas we could expect audit activity or even denials on? That's another great question. Um, I think a great first place to start is really thinking about Section GG and potentials for upcoding. You know, questions that come to mind is therapy coding for these services, or is it more of an interdisciplinary approach that's supported in our documentation? Another topic to be thinking about is build services that are coded under nursing and whether there's potential upcoding for that. I think about things like capturing special care high when really more of the documentation is supporting special care low or clinically complex. You know, we can think of examples of patients with COPD that have shortness of breath while lying flat, but maybe all of those areas aren't coded appropriately. Right now, more than ever, thinking about coding of isolation and not necessarily having the supportive documentation that meets MDSREI requirements regarding isolation components and how that's justified in the medical record. And then I think of just two other topics that are pretty consistent even prior to the pandemic, and that documentation really to support Medicare skill is defined by CMS, and even getting into technical components when we're talking about Part A SNF certifications from the physician, both those certifications and recertifications that are really technical requirements. So given all this, what can we do to prepare for these audits? I think about confirming that clinical documentation is present in the medical record, first and foremost, to support the coding that we have. You know, I think a great example of that is when we're thinking about ICD-10 diagnostic coding. And in particular, you can be thinking about the I-0020B line item that's really supporting the condition of why the patient is there in the SNF for skilled services. Other areas to be thinking about is looking at our non-therapy ancillaries and making certain that those are coded and captured accurately in the record. You know, in particular, if we're thinking about speech comorbidities, about swallowing disorders, mechanically altered diets, even 
the presence of cognitive impairment? Is all of that accurately captured? And then is it actually supported in our clinical record for those patients? A couple of other areas to be thinking about, much like we talked about earlier with Section GG, is there evidence of collaboration and the accuracy of the coding? So do we have documentation that's supporting all of that? And then lastly, just be thinking about if we're actually capturing those IPAs, you know, are we using things like our daily PDPM huddle or even our pre-transmission review meetings to really confirm that that supportive documentation for that assessment is present and accounted for in the record? So those are really great strategies, but how can teams incorporate this into what seems like an already busy schedule? The first thing I think is considering that our daily PDPM huddle, that's already in place. And so how can we incorporate this into that process already? You know, are we reviewing hospital records to identify the patient characteristics that we have for coding? Are we bringing those medical records, you know, whether that's on paper or in the electronic medical record, are we bringing those to the meeting? Do our patient care plans, are they reflective of the skill that's being provided to patients? and are supported by items that we're documenting in the medical record, and that all of that is being captured on MDS assessment? And again, are we collaborating on our Section GG reporting? And when we're meeting during our pre-transmission reviews, are we matching up on the MDS with what we expected when the patient was originally admitted? Remember that our goal is that we want to have a summary statement within the medical record on day four to really help support that Section GG coding. I totally agree. And we don't want to forget that there are multiple resources and guidance on the process of PDPM and on how to accurately document and capture that coding that can be found on LCS Connect. One thing I think to keep in mind, given that we're in such a challenging time right now, meeting like we did before the public health emergency, that might really seem unrealistic. So I would just encourage everybody, consider how you can host webcam meetings. That'll allow you to be able to maintain social distancing, but still be able to collaborate on all of these great topics. So we've talked a lot about services under PDPM. What about other payers like Managed Care and Medicare Part B? Can we anticipate audit activity for patients under these plans as well? Yeah, and, and like we mentioned before, Michelle, we're really already seeing these record requests come through and even some denial activity. And we're seeing that resume for patients that are receiving under care on policies like managed care or even Medicare Part B. It's equally important for us to discuss these patients and really review the nature of their care and our triple check processes, you know, make sure that we're coding accurately and certainly in other care meetings to ensure that all of the necessary documentation is present and accurate in the record. Absolutely. Triple check is imperative for every community to ensure they are reviewing all the payer sources, documentation, coding, etc. So, Tony, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about a very important topic that will reduce the risk of denials for our communities. Yeah, it's been a pleasure, Michelle. Thank you. This has been a Healthcare Highwire presentation. Thanks for joining us on Con Learning. See you next time. So you enjoyed this podcast episode. Click like, share it with your friends, leave us a comment, and let us know what you liked best about it. Thanks for listening to Healthcare Highwire. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.